1: today we are diving into the keto diet. We're so excited about this one. Um, This diet in general typically sends dietitians running for the hills, but we're going to do our best to provide our most unbiased opinions using scientific data. We always try to be like open-minded when talking about new trends because it means that people are like wanting to better their health. And so it's just not Good to be judgmental when discussing this. We're going to try our best not to do that.
0: <laughs> exactly. We want to come from it. We want to go toward this with the most scientific view as we can and just discuss what we know and what we've researched and what current science is saying and basically help clarify if there's any questions you might have or unfamiliar, unfamiliarities with the keto diet. Yeah.
1: So we're first going to jump into describing what the keto diet actually is. Um, this is a diet that is super high in fat, about like 65 to 75% of your calories from fat, super low in carbs, usually less than 5% of your calories come from carbs. And then it has a moderate amount of protein, about 15 to 20% of protein. And this is a little bit different from the normal, what's called AMDRs, the Acceptable Macronutrient Distribution Ranges. Um, Those are much, much higher in carbs, about 45 to 65% carbs. And then similar in protein, actually, about 10 to 35% of protein, and then a lot lower in fat. So the carbs and fat kind of switch. Um, The normal fat distribution is like 20 to 35%. Yeah.
0: And like we said, the biggest takeaway about the difference between the keto diet and your average individual's diet that we recommend is those carbohydrate distributions. And to accommodate for that, the keto diet will include foods that are really high in meat, fish, eggs, cheese, heavy cream, oils, nuts, avocados, seeds, and your low carb green vegetables. And this is to really get that higher fat and protein intake. And then foods that typically ketogenic people try or the keto diet will try to avoid or eat less of are grains, rice, beans, potatoes, sweets and desserts, milk, cereal and fruits. So the biggest difference between a keto diet and a low carbohydrate diet is a keto diet will aim for about less than 50 grams of carbohydrate per day
1: which is like one meal for me yeah (laughs) i was trying
0: to think of like an example
1: like that's like maybe that's like i can't think one either like a piece of bread is like 15 grams of carbs so yeah so like like a sandwich and a banana maybe
0: yeah, and then where we when we would recommend like a low carb diet for someone based on like most likely a chronic condition, that's actually fifty to hundred fifty grams per day. So as you can see, there's already a huge difference in just a low carbohydrate diet and then what an individual on keto might be consuming. So very drastic extremes there. And yeah, the biggest. The biggest, um, the biggest difference or the biggest, I guess, reason for why people do the keto diet is because they want to put their body in a state of ketosis and to actually put yourself in ketosis is very challenging. And if you have a cheat day or something, you're not going to actually be in ketosis. It'll take multiple days of being in this extreme diet and- extreme situation where your body will switch over to using ketones as more so the primary energy source rather than glucose but it it does take a long period of time it's not kind of something that you have to do once or a couple of days where you'll automatically switch and even then if you are doing it for multiple days or longer your body's going to try to combat that and try to change its energy sources so it's utilizing glucose as an energy source because that is the body's preferred and primary energy source where it'll be able to function most efficiently
1: yeah that's why like often when you do start this keto diet you feel like what's called the keto flu and that often contain or is things like brain fog fatigue headaches And that's because, like Emily was saying, the body's trying really hard to use carbs for energy, what little there is. And when you're using ketones, instead, it's kind of like using like a backup plan, I guess. And so that makes the body not quite perform optimally, at least for the first, I don't know how long exactly, I guess, but for a while when you're starting the keto diet. Yeah. So that's why it's
0: especially challenging to start it and, I guess, maintain it because of all those your body just isn't accepting it. It's not really, I guess that can happen with any extreme change that your body might not like, but your body does prefer glucose and carbohydrates as the primary energy, primary energy source. And this is just the end result of it.
1: And it's good to know that the keto diet was never even made to be used just like as a regular old diet especially not for weight loss which we'll get to in a second Um, it was actually created for the treatment of epilepsy in children you know children who are having seizures and it's supposed to be monitored very closely by doctors and other healthcare professionals like dietitians to make sure it is being used appropriately and that the patient actually is in ketosis so just using it as a fad diet first of all isn't often done correctly in the first place and b it's likely not going to be effective at whatever you're trying to use it for
0: yeah it was made for seizure management not (laughs) overall improvements in health
1: yeah and we're going to break down like the different aspects of health that people do try to use the keto diet for and kind of explain if it does or does not affect any of those different disease states or other i don't know what else do we have on there (laughs) Like performance measures and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll kind of cover the big I guess the big three. I feel like people think weight loss, cardiovascular health, diabetes, those kind of be those tend to be three of the most popular disease or condition topics in America that I've noticed. So we'll be sure to cover the those. And then in addition to that we do have a sports performance section planned because there has been a lot of discussion around if athletes should be on a ketogenic diet.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, I think the biggest one is definitely using keto for weight loss. So we're gonna kind of break down if that works, how it works, um, and if it should be used as a tool. So first of all, it often does work. That's the experience that I've seen in the short term. Now, Don't get me wrong, it's often a very short term fix. And it's very, very restrictive. And the minute you kind of stop doing this diet and go back to your normal eating habits, the weight comes right back on. And the reason it's so rapid is because you remove an entire macronutrient. So, of course, you're going to be, you know, eating less than what your body burns. And that, of course, leads to weight loss. Um, And it's so rapid because our body uses glucose as glycogen. That's like the storage form of glucose that we use for energy, and glycogen is largely composed of water, and so when we're depleting those glycogen stores, um, we are losing a lot of water weight with that. So that initial drop in weight that you often see with the keto diet is typically just water weight.
0: It can be very disappointing, but oftentimes whenever there is drastic weight loss very quickly, it tends to be associated with water weight. And that's the case with keto at least. So when an individual utilizes a keto diet to lose weight, they might be losing weight really quickly for a couple of weeks or even a couple of days, depending on their, where their what their current body weight is, how they continue to maintain the keto diet and other external factors that might be affecting their weight, but it can eventually plateau, which often occurs with Extreme weight loss situations or drastic weight loss situations. And this can also lead to potentially an increase in weight loss after the rapid loss of glycogen stores are renewed and this water weight will return. So I guess I said that wrong. There's an increase in weight once your body catches up with you and the glycogen stores start to be replenished and the water weight will return because your body is trying to maintain a state of homeostasis and maintain the glucose
1: as its primary energy source yeah exactly that's why you do see that rapid loss and then often a plateau or even a regain yeah
0: which is why it's not great for long term for weight loss because, also, from I guess uh, I don't know, I was about to say like a reasonably standpoint, but that doesn't make realistic. There we go. <laughs> from a realistic standpoint, are you going to live the rest of your life consuming barely any carbohydrates? And that includes your fruits, that includes a lot of your starchy vegetables, that includes your breads, your grains, your sweets. Your sandwiches, your casseroles, so many foods that people tend to really enjoy in their everyday life. And then also when going out with social events with friends or family, is it's a question of will you be able to manage this for the rest of your life? Because one of the biggest things with weight loss, and Hannah, I think you can speak probably better on this since you do work in a weight management clinic, is... Are the actions you're taking right now going to be able to help you long term and are you going to be able to maintain those because your results will only last really as long as you can maintain the diet?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I always make that very clear in a first visit with someone because um, I want to make it clear that we're not doing a quick, easy fix. We're not going to be seeing each other for just like a week or two and then you'll lose 10 pounds and then I'll set you free. It's going to be really kind of boring and monotonous and like not that exciting. You'll lose, you know, if you're, if you're striving for weight loss, losing only like, I don't know, a half pound or two pounds a week, it's not going to be that crazy rapid drop. So if you are looking for sustainable weight loss, the keto diet probably is not for you because like Emily just said, it's not going to be um, a way of eating that is enjoyable long term for most people.
0: Yeah. And if you really aren't, don't have that strong relationship with food and wanting to enjoy food, then it might be easier for you. I do know there are people that don't really care what they eat and they're like, I just want to eat the specific way so I can look a certain way. And it might be more manageable for them, but I'd say the majority of people I know enjoy eating food.
1: And yeah. have preferences about what they eat. Yeah, and you can eat whatever you want and lose weight also, if that is your goal. hmm So, bottom line, it is not effective long-term. <laughs> yeah. You might see
0: some short-term success, but we're letting cost? you know. There might be some sadness down the road. Oh, there's
1: absolutely going to be sadness. <laughs> you don't get to eat bread or anything.
0: That's true. If it's I It's terrible. Cannot, could, could not imagine that. No. All right, so moving on to our next pillar of health that we will be discussing associated with keto, the ketogenic diet is cardiovascular health. And there's very limited long-term evidence associated with the ketogenic diet and the research that we've seen so far. And some of this evidence does show improvements in type two diabetes and obesity. Which will then in turn have an effect on cardiovascular factors because all those conditions are or do have some type of association with each other and can affect each other if there's management done in one specific area. There was also evidence that indicated that, or there was some evidence that indicated that there could be an an increase in your LDL cholesterol and triglycerides. LDL you might know is like the bad cholesterol that you don't want built up because it can lead to plaque buildup, potentially atherosclerosis or or arteriosclerosis and triglycerides is also associated with that. And that's kind of, if you've ever gotten a lipid panel done, which you've mostly have, you most likely have at some point in your life, these are the two factors that affect this. So this is kind of, a negative component that they've seen associated with cardiovascular health that isn't 100% concrete, I'd say, but there is some evidence that doesn't indicate you could be at risk of worsening your lipid panel, which is not good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to touch real quick also on how, like with, at the beginning of all this, you were talking about how some evidence does show improvements in type 2 diabetes and obesity. But again, it's important to remember that Those are just short-term results that are being seen. There hasn't really been any long-term studies showing that this keto diet helps with diabetes and obesity, which then helps with cardiovascular disease. So, so far, there is not a lot of evidence leaning towards it being a good thing. (laughs) In the long term? (laughs) In the long term. Short term, sure. Yeah, fine. But long term, no, probably not. Yeah. So speaking of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, like I was just getting at, the keto diet has been shown in the short term to help with improved blood glucose levels and also A1c. I know where I work, some doctors do tell their patients to follow the keto diet, which is very frustrating because that's a dietitian's job to do. And then they often come to me and my coworkers, my other dietitian coworkers, and they're very confused about why we often don't recommend it. So it is still just not really agreed upon. The effectiveness is not really agreed upon on different providers at this point. It's kind of just certain providers have different thoughts and opinions and uses of the keto diet. But anyway, the, sh- the studies are pretty controversial. Some data does show improved um, blood glucose levels and some don't. It just... It's not really definitive at this point. Yeah. Not really a fun answer, but <laughs> <that's> science.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're still doing more research on it. So in a couple years or so, we'll definitely know more. And that might not be what you want to hear right now. But we're just giving you what we know at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> science. Science. <laughs> So then the next section we are going to talk about is keto diet related to sports performance, which is personally one of my favorite parts because I feel like oftentimes sports performance isn't just the professional or collegiate athlete. It's also your individual self. If you work out often or exercise and you want to change your diet to improve your athletic performance, as well as if you have body composition goals and, mind stuff like that and kind of one of the biggest things we've seen keto talked about is a loss of lean muscle or i guess people talked about more so loss of fat that was what they were aiming for with the ketogenic diet but we actually found that there's research research to show that when you're on keto you could experience losses of muscle mass which We don't want you to be doing because you you need muscle. (laughs) We don't want you to not have any muscle. Keeps your metabolism up. Keeps your bones strong by being able to work them respectfully and efficiently. And this muscle mass is made up primarily of protein, water, and glycogen. So it's difficult to determine if the lean body mass loss is related to the restriction of protein or carbohydrates. When you're working out, your carbohydrates are not only your primary source while you're living your everyday life, but especially when you're exercising because it relies on your glucose system or your glucose system. I'm
1: trying to think of the different systems. I know I'm tapping into my inner, like, HK classes. I know. I know they're, now, like, through...
0: I think there's an APT- ATP creatinine cycle. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bear with us.
0: When your body is exercising, it will rely on your quick energy glucose stores. And then as over time goes on, this is typically seen with endurance athletes, those that perform for... 45 to 16 minutes longer, or at least that period of time, their energy will switch over to their fat stores and their something oxidation cycle. A- their aerobic cycle, aerobic energy, aerobic energy. Yeah. Yeah. Oxidation, fat, beta, oxid. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just saying terms. Um. Anyway.
1: Buzzwords, Buzzword. buzzwords. Buzzwords. <laughs>
0: But basically you could lose lean muscle mass and they're not entirely sure why with keto, but that is something they've seen. And you do not want to lose muscle mass, especially if you work out often. And we kind of, I kind of touched into a little bit, but with endurance performance, there's also conflicting results with this. This will work on in the research that's been shown. it it's, assumes that your body is working to enhance muscle fat oxidation to improve endurance performance. But there was actually some other research that I was looking into and found that there was a slower recovery time from endurance athletes. And in addition to a lower or impaired peak aerobic capacity for how long they could maintain energy and what their times were looking like and their speed over time and stuff like that. So very conflicting with both lean muscle mass, or at least they aren't surely le- the, what is causing the lean muscle mass and then endurance performance. It's very conflicting because your body needs some, so much glucose and carbs normally with endurance performance. And the last one is strength performance. This is kind of what you can think about with your weightlifting, different weightlifting competitions, your quick energy, the anaerobic energy, like sprints, stuff like that. And they found that individuals who followed a keto diet had a lower peak power in the Wingate test, which is a measurement test of how efficient someone can utilize a certain amount of energy and power in a certain amount of time it's normally focusing on that short shorter term quick energy and then they also found that individuals on keto diet have lower average power too so overall for sports performance it's not looking very good for the keto diet at the moment so at the time we can we can bring on a sports dietitian on here in the future as well but the research shows that keto will not have any significant improvements on your sports performance or athletic performance, and it could potentially be detrimental and neg- negatively affect it.
1: Yeah, carbs are just way too important for like literally all types of exercise, whether it's more aerobic or anaerobic. So, keto probably isn't the best bet. Even though we're being unbiased, keto still is not sounding too great. <laughs> I know. I'm like,
0: I'm not going to use any personal experiences. <laughs> not that I've gone on keto ever, but well, we're uh, leaving that out. We're yes. speaking
1: facts. Facts. Hashtag facts. Hashtag science. Well, speaking of us uh, talking about how we're not bashing on the keto diet, the next section section is the negatives of the keto diet. So, <laughs> I'm sure we could find negatives about every diet, though. That's very true. That's very true. I already had mentioned the keto flu. You know that first initial like brain fog and things that you get when you do start this diet, just because of the um, your body trying to work super duper hard to function without a nutrient that it's usually functioning with. So that is the first. Big negative of the keto diet. Second one is pretty big, and I hear this one a lot as well, and that's constipation. The major thing we're missing out on with the with the keto diet, along with carbs, is fiber, which is a carb. Um, and we're not having those foods like fruits and veggies and beans and whole grains that do have all that fiber in there. So I hear all the time from patients and clients that have done keto, that they say how constipated they've been. And it's pretty hard to get back from that, too, is what they always tell me, which is no fun.
0: No. I also
1: love when I talk about patients and clients' poops and then eat lunch 10 minutes later. It's always a good day Just at work.
0: Just dietitian things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't ever be afraid to talk about your poop with me because I literally won't even be faced by it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a norm. Yeah. Another negative of keto, the keto diet that we found is protein is very limited related to this method in the body called gluconeogenesis which is the production of glucose from or it's a production of new glucose from non-carbohydrate sources and this is when the body will use protein if there is an if there's insufficient carbs, which will lead to a loss of muscle mass and can affect your metabolism. Because when your body is experiencing macronutrient metabolism, the first priority is utilizing glucose as an energy store. And it'll go through like glycolysis, Krebs cycle, and electron transport chain, all that fun stuff to produce atp but if there isn't enough glucose then it's going to start turning to those other macronutrients and protein's one of them and we need protein already for so many other different factors such as like tissue synthesis your normal metabolism um I'm blanking on like everything else, but protein <laughs> is very important. I know we've talked about this on in a previous episode, but by taking away protein and utilizing it for a system or a function that it doesn't normally do, we are depriving it of its primary functions and that's what can lead primarily to muscle loss, Mus- loss of
1: muscle mass is the biggest yeah. one. Yeah, so people think of the keto diet as being just low in carbs, but it also has to be just like moderate protein. Because if protein is too high, then the body won't get into ketosis because it's using protein instead of fat through gluconeogenesis. Ketosis is literally like the last resort. A body does not want to be using ketones for energy. So this is just truly not optimal for the body. But that is why protein also has to be kind of limited. And it really is just fat is kind of the main source of energy that you're eating it's hard to achieve hard to achieve since you are eating such a high fat diet oftentimes high cholesterol levels in the blood high triglyceride levels in the blood can also be an issue because we are when you're eating a keto diet it's hard just to eat those unsaturated fats the healthy fats in the body you or excuse me you are off (laughs) <laughs> you are also often eating a lot of saturated fat. So like our butter, I'm sure you've heard heard of the bulletproof coffee, which just sounds disgusting. But anyway, um, I always see keto people doing like bacon and eggs, which nothing wrong with that, but just a lot of saturated fat there. And if you're doing that all day, every day, it can definitely do, uh, you know, a little bit of dirty work to your arteries.
0: Yeah, which will lead to other health issues, which we don't want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last kind of bit with which can result from any extreme restriction diet is disordered eating. And this is kind of disordered eating is a prelude normally into eating disorders. It's kind of the biggest difference between eating disorders and disordered eating is eating disorders are diagnosed conditions by a, a doctor and then they'll typically work with a registered dietitian and a therapist in, an, in addition to a behavioral health team. And this is a disease normally of the mind. It's tip. I would say like 95% the mind. It's yeah. not really, and it's associated with factors that do affect your eating and that's why it's considered an eating disorder. But disordered eating are habits that aren't diagnosed, but they can be risk factors leading to eating disorders. And they're very common, unfortunately, especially because of how normalized dieting is. But by restricting your body so much with a keto diet, it can lead you into obsessing over your health, obsessing over what you're eating, restricting yourself unnecessarily, thinking that or even like taking your emotions out on food, stuff like that. And that's a really big risk, especially with these really restrictive diets, because we don't want you to develop disordered eating because it can be very, it has the potential to be very damaging to your health. And we don't want those affecting your mental health as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, the verdict kind of the bottom line about the keto diet Um if it's sustainable for you, might be a fine tool for you to use, a fine diet for you to follow. But for most people, it's important to remember that all foods can and should be enjoyed in moderation. Carbs themselves do not cause obesity or diabetes or any other um, chronic condition. And the best diet for you is one that you can stick to long term, that you enjoy, and one that meets your body's unique needs.
0: There is a lot that goes into your general health and food is not the only thing. And taking an entire macronutrient normally won't fix those problems you're seeking to fix.
1: Yeah. It will just make you sad because carbs are good and delicious. We love carbs. Yeah. Oh, I should have my carb shirt today. Man. Dang Dang it. Gotta re-record. No. (laughs) And cut.
0: (laughs) You can wait for another one. We'll have another one. It has to
1: I'm sure we'll discuss carbs more than once. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Okay, should we get to the bonus question? Yeah. This is a good one. I don't, I don't know why, but I feel like we've discussed this already, but we haven't documented it, so I don't know what happened in my head that we've already went over this. But I, the bonus question of the day is, do we prefer chunky or creamy peanut butter better? Emily, would you like to begin? <laughs> I will begin the discussion.
0: So so my defense (laughs) is I prefer chunky peanut butter because I don't really like peanut butter as it is. And I know that's very, like, I know, I know. Like, I like peanut butter, but I don't like eating it a lot. And I think that's because I don't like peanut butter and
1: jellies, which is another...
0: (laughs) What? I like think they're the boringest food in the world.
1: How has this not come up before?
0: What? I don't I don't know. I never ate like as a child I didn't like peanut butter and jelly. I ate sandwiches with like deli meat or mustard and stuff like that I didn't like
1: PB&Js my mind is blown if you would have told me when I first met you I don't know that we would be here today uh, still talking <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding but seriously that is um, that's mind-blowing
0: yeah so when I typically do eat peanut butter it's like peanut butter on waffles mm. or peanut butter toast and I like having the crunch in it But I also couldn't tell you the last time I eat peanut butter. So that's why, like, it's been months since I've eaten peanut butter, which is weird. I use it sometimes in, like, making sauces and stuff or marinades, but then I use normally, like, creamy because I don't want chunks of peanut butter in my whatever sauce.
1: My mind is blown. I literally had peanut butter this morning. Like, I oh had peanut God. butter on no, the like, rig. I know that's very normal. People love putting that on, like, breakfast and oatmeal yeah. and stuff like that. I have, like, four jars of, like, different kinds in my cabinet. Like, I love peanut no, butter. I
0: love looking at the jars.
1: I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the question. <laughs> I know. Just tune in for next week's episode where we discuss <laughs> if you like looking at jars or not. <laughs> That's a controversial one.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, wait. Your turn, your turn.
1: Okay. Um I love all peanut butter, and it actually depends on what I'm using it for, but my go-to is usually creamy. That's what's usually in the house. Um but I do like to use crunchy for like a little bit more texture, kinda like what you were saying. Like, I guess on a PB and J I probably choose creamy. Hmm. Probably creamy. So i like to add crunchy to things like oatmeal to like it just add more texture to it but i don't discriminate against nut butters i love all the nut butters crunchy creamy pistachio whatever mm-hmm. so good i can't yeah. believe you don't like it that much that's this is the first one we disagree on. i think it's one of the I first guess. ones i didn't know your answer to already too i
0: definitely didn't know i thought you were a chunky
1: person we don't, <laughs> I don't like us we... <laughs>
0: a chunky Rude. peanut butter person
1: um What would we say episode three, Emily? You don't comment on someone's weight. I know, Um, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't discuss these before, but I still usually know your answer. But today I didn't know your answer. I was genuinely surprised. Wow. All right. Wow, that just got interesting.
0: Yeah. Let us know what type of peanut butter you prefer. Also, let me know if you like peanut butter and jellies. Because I I feel feel like... Most people do, but I, yeah. I want to feel seen. Let me know if you don't like peanut butter and jelly. So I feel, I mean, I'm not going to feel bad either way, honestly. You shouldn't.
1: Your opinions are valid. I just can't believe it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the only ones who don't like peanut butter are the ones who have an allergy to it. But anyway, my mind is just not wrapping around this as quickly as I thought it would. That's All right. Okay. Thank you guys so, so much for <laughs> tuning into this episode. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson.
0: We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe
1: and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at the Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.